Hello and welcome to the Farum Forum with FCN Glasgow. This week on Farum Forum, many are empty Liga, Marcondes are more, but one thing's for sure, no Maxo, no party. Hello and welcome to the Farm Forum with FCN Glasgow. My name is Mark Collins and alongside me tonight I'm joined by regular guest Stephen Gilland. Hi Mark, just having me on again. And making his Farm Forum debut tonight, guys, is Mr Michael O'Donnell. Happening. Guys, we mentioned at the end of episode four that we were going to do something a little bit different this week. And that involved looking back across the history of FCN and picking our combined best 11. So... We felt that it was only fair if ourselves only selected a team from 2014 onwards because obviously we've only followed the club since then. And whilst you guys might have some players prior to that period in your own teams, we felt it wasn't right for us and a little bit cheating to include some of those players. So the best place to start is probably around picking our formations, guys. Um, I had a little bit of debate this for myself um, between the 4-3-3 which was probably the formation pro- most used when we originally started watching Norseland. And then the one that we're using currently, this sort of 3 4 2 1 or 3 4 3 formation that Casper Roman prefers now. I ended up with the 3 4 2 1. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And I'll go into it obviously when I, when I pick my team. But primarily it was because none of my front three are particularly wide. So I felt as if I wanted some options in the fullback positions to do that for me, get them a little bit higher up the park. And secondly, because I felt as if there was a man that I wanted to have in the team and I've accommodated him. So we'll get into that once we pick the team. But Stephen, what about yourself? What formation did you settle on? Uh, I went 4-2-3-1. Again, it's to accommodate personnel, I think, and to accommodate for the fact I struggled a little bit for centre-backs. So I went 4-2-3-1. 4-2-3-1. Okay. Michael? Uh, I went a wee bit more traditional. Went for a 4-3-3. Like Stephen, I had a lot of debate about having a back three, but found um, found picking centre halves a wee bit challenging to be honest, which kind of influenced my decision to go for the the four at the back. I, at th- the end. I think that was probably the hardest position to pick, um, certainly for myself. And it sounds a bit daft considering I went for a three, but once I go into those picks, hopefully you you'll see why that is. But uh, with no further ado, guys, we'll just we'll go straight into the goalkeeping position again, a position that uh, I myself found particularly difficult. So. If you'll forgive me, I've already broken the rules with this one. This is the first pick and I've already broken the rules. I've opted for Jesper Hansen. Now, I know that doesn't fall within the time period that I gave you guys, but... So why is he in the team then? Well, there's a couple of reasons for it. Uh, One, I feel as if there's slim pickings outside of them, which I know isn't a fair excuse. But secondly, I'm going to cheat a little bit and say that I had seen Jesper Hansen play for Norseland prior to us following them and that was during the, the Champions League campaign he had one or two at least outstanding performances in that campaign one that sticks out a mile um, was against Juventus um, in the 1-1 draw and I felt that that warranted me picking him so I appreciate I've led you down the garden path with that and you probably will have avoided Hansen but that's what I've come up with and I'm hosting the show so I get to make the rules hey, mate, I've got David De Gea <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, I, I so I've um, I probably this I probably had the same kind of battle to be honest. So I know a decent amount about Jesper Hansen and he's a, he's a great goalkeeper and I've watched a lot of the the older clips of uh, FCN in Europe and um, seen some of the great performances he had. Um, however, I, I couldn't really see past Alex, and the reason for that for me is it pr- pretty much came down to either Alex or David Jensen. Of the time I'd watched David Jensen, I think he had a lot more about his game that frustrated me than than Alex does. Um, and I think Alex is really well-rounded, so um, I went for Alex. That, that's probably a fair shout out of the two that, that you were left with. I think had I had to pick out the two, I mean, I came to the same conclusion myself. What, what about yourself, Michael? A bit more positive about my choice, maybe, than you guys, in the sense that there's almost the, the notion there of I was left with these two guys and, and Alex is the better of the two. Alex is the better of the two, and uh, I went for Alex, but I actually, I really like Alex. I think he's, uh, as Stephen said, he's a well rounded goalkeeper. He's great with the ball at his feet. Um, and the thing I've liked about Alex over the last year or so is he's um, he's popped up at big moments and made big saves. And I think you can see the guy becoming a leader within the team. So very happy with my choice um, of Alex, to be honest. And I feel like it's a real positive and it, it wasn't a difficult choice at all. Stephen made the point in the last episode, Michael, around the fact that he feels a little bit sorry for Alex, sometimes in relation to the protection in front of him. I'm contradicting myself here. I think I'm generally going to be quite offensive, to be fair, so I don't know if if Alex is going to get the protection he deserves. But my first choice at at centre-half was an easy one, I felt. I was always a big fan of, uh, I'm going to say Maxo, but I would assume it's Maxu, if I'm going to say it properly. I'll trust your pronunciation. Guys can correct us on Twitter or the likes. I was a big fan of Maxo, always... Thought he grew, he really improved a lot in his time, and um, you could see he was becoming more powerful. He was becoming more dominant. I do think he he moved at one the wrong time and two to the wrong club, to be honest. But would be a would be an easy choice and would be a contender for captain. Yeah, he's the centre of my back three as well, Michael. I, I, thought, I felt he was the most obvious pick. He was straight in the team sheet. Um, with no real consideration, he was always going to get there. So yeah, he he makes up the the centre of my back three as well. Yeah, so he, he's, he's in my back four as well, so he's, he's one of the centre-halves I picked. I completely agree with Michael in terms of, I, th- I think he went, I think he probably went a season too early, and I think he went to the wrong country um, as opposed to the wrong club. I, I think he should have stayed I think, in a Central Europe. I think he would have got a move there um, if he'd been a little bit more patient. I actually think that my other centre half that I've chosen that will go into in a minute has actually turned into a better centre half than um, than Andreas Maxo and, and Victor Nelson. I know it's quite strange that I've that I've got a nineteen year old um, as part of that, but I think if you look at Victor Nelson's season this season, he is arguably a better centre half than Andreas Maxo, and is has a bit of his game that I thought Maxo always struggled with, which was physicality. That's a bold shout, but um, I do have Victor Nelson in my, my team as well, albeit I've displaced him from his normal centre of the back three and I've moved him to the right-hand side just uh, to let Maxwell have that role in the middle. More, more from a sort of leadership point of view, probably, more than anything else. I agree with you in terms of Nelson's physicality. Again, to, to bore any, he's on the analytical side of things. Uh, I had a look at a comparison between Nelson and Maxwell and... Nelson came out really well actually the probably the, the area where he wasn't as effective was his use of the ball surprisingly for a guy that used to play in midfield but Maxwell was uh, one of the best in Super League at that so that's perhaps not too big a criticism of Nelson himself um, Michael does Nelson feature alongside Maxwell in your four? The, this was the position I struggled with the most to be honest um, I did opt for Nelson 
in the end. Um, I think he's got a, good, a bright future and a fairly good season. But I'll be honest, I wasn't entirely happy about it because I do think there's still some some limitations within his game. I, I'll be honest, I, I don't agree with Stephen. I don't think he has more about him than Max. So I, I, he could have one day. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But but right now, if I'm comparing the two, or if I'm comparing Andreas Maxwell with us to Nelson, to me it's not a difficult choice. I would Maxwell would be my choice. Fair enough. I think. Well, you guys have obviously got your defensive pairings, which uh, leaves me with one guy left in my back three, and this is probably where I started contemplating the most because, well, as we've all spoken about, there was a couple of other names that, that that came into my thought processes, but not for too long, to be honest. I considered Pascal Gregor for a while, who was obviously a kind of mainstay during our time watching, but uh, he's not made the cut. I opted for someone on the the left side of the three, and again, you might call me up a bit and cheating on this one a little bit, but I opted for Patrick Imtaliga. Now, the reason being, I know primarily he was a left back for the yeah, time. I'd like to get away with that. Yeah, am I getting away with that? I'm alright with that. Well, you've already ruined the game anyway, so. So I'll just continue on that fashion. That, 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 that's better than the goalie. Well, I think it's acceptable considering the fact that he spent most of this season in a back three on the left hand side. Played there enough, yes. Yeah, so so he is the the last man in, in my, my back three. Do you like him as a centre half though? I actually thought, well, me and Stephen covered the defensive partnerships in Oshland from last season on the previous episode. And Patrick came to the league actually fared off pretty well. I think he was in the top. He was in the top for pretty much everything. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I think, actually, if you look at this season as a whole as well, I think we've struggled um, at centre-half since he left. Um, I think I think he steadied the ship really well. I think, actually, less so in terms of off the ball. I think when we had the ball, we made a massive difference because you had someone to take it out. And I don't think we've managed to really do that since. I think Nelson's had to drop deep. No, not Nelson, sorry. I think Jensen's had to drop deep quite a lot to, to pick a ball up which he didn't have to do before I think that's a position um, in modern football now you see more and more teams doing that especially in the international stage you see yes. that sort of full back at the, uh, at the yeah because we were talking about this earlier so England are doing that that's exactly why Walker's playing where he's playing and he's just there to when they've got the ball deep they've got someone who can carry it out as opposed to having Cahill or someone try to carry the ball out and pick a pass you've got Walker who can carry it out and play the pass that he needs to play or he can carry the ball with us only having two players in the middle of the park, th- that becomes important. Yeah, and I'm not saying I went into to that level of detail, but I completely agree with what you're saying, Stephen. Hopefully that gives me justification for the MT Liga selection at the left side of my, my back three. So so I think just to jump in with that, actually, so Patrick MT Liga is in my team as well at left back. So obviously I'm playing a flat back four. Patrick MT Liga is, is probably the easiest person that I picked in the team. So it's probably the first name that I picked. Get the captain's armband? Absolutely, yeah. No, no, possibly not, actually. Oh. Um, given one of the other players in my team, so we'll, we'll come to that. I'll probably let you help me decide that, but possibly not. He might need to settle for being vice-captain. This will be my one controversial one, probably especially for, for the Farham faithful. Uh, I was a big Patrick fan, but I was very conscious that I wanted my team to be offensive and go forward, and I, I really never ever saw Patrick's position as being centre-half, so then include him there because I've, I've opted for Mini at left back um, I'm a massive Mini fan I think he's got such a bright future I think he offers so much going forward feel like he's got recovery pace there as well that even if there's times when he maybe doesn't have complete natural instincts as a defender he's got the recovery pace to get back in there and, and make a difference so 
bit of a controversial choice, but maybe more one looking looking to the future. We opting for many in there. No, I, I think that's perfectly acceptable. I don't see any controversy in it at all, and understand your point around him to Liga. If you don't, if you don't play him left back, to me, you, you can't play him as a as a centre half in a in a two. I, I opted for many as well, Michael. I, th- I felt like it was probably one of the more straightforward choices, and it's the reason why Patrick Entelega is playing in a back three as opposed to maybe at left back in a four. Is that I wanted to get many in my team, and I mentioned it at the start of the pod. The reason being the front three that are in front of him and the widest so I feel as if many gives you that width and obviously he's kicked on since we've started following I think we've maybe seen one of his first appearances if not his first uh, when all of us went over to Ranners I I know he was in the team that day but he might have featured that might not have been his debut but we've watched him develop in in, let's face it a pretty short space of time and he's adding more and more to his game it was assists last season I think he's, up, he's chipped in with three or four goals this season in, in important games as well we didn't do a goal of the season on our, our last season review pod but if it was I think Minnie's in Copenhagen would have been up there for me yeah. so he's an absolute mainstay of the left side of the part for me moving on to the right hand side guys I think Michael probably start with yourself I, I didn't find this one difficult this is one of my easier ones I would say um, up to for King Carlo Bartolek Probably in my time watching Rosalind, I probably not changed my opinion more than I have on Carlo Bartolek. I'll be honest, I wasn't a massive fan to begin with. I thought he was a wee bit raw, decision making wasn't great at times, and I think he's become a really top player for us, especially first half of this season. I thought he was outstanding. Um, I, th- I think he's in a poor second half of the season. I wouldn't disagree with that, but I think he still offers enough in terms of anybody else I've seen in that position. Um, that I didn't find that a difficult choice to be honest Do you think Carlo Zai was maybe off the ball a little bit second half of the season obviously there was rumoured interest in, in the kind of winter period whether he maybe expected to be let go at that point or do you think I'm being unfair on him? I think he said he might have been turned a little bit but I thought I thought he finished the season quite poorly Certainly Maybe, maybe that's holding him to his standards but I, I thought I didn't. I don't think he looked as if he was uh, he was on his game much towards the end of the season As I said I, I wouldn't disagree with that but I think Everybody just found it a wee bit difficult second half of the season. We'd set such a high standard in the first half of the season. Emiliano was a big part of that as well. So I think there was a period of adjustment. So I think everybody found it hard maybe to keep their levels up at, at where they were earlier in the season. So I don't know if I would buy into that his head was turned. I think it was maybe just more a, a victim of circumstances. Well, I opted for Bartolik as well, Michael. And the reason being um, everything you've said around, around his qualities for me, Similar to many, he's obviously better going forward than he is defensively. Sets up numerous goals. I think this was a season high for him in terms of assists. And again, especially during the first half of that season. But primarily, and this isn't any discredit to Carlo, but primarily I didn't really have many other options to pick in this position. This is where this is where I struggled slightly in terms of the, the guys I've, I've seen at right back during the time. We've actually quite often maybe shoved a, a guy who's natural at centre half out at right back. So guys like Ramon, That's guys true. like Gregor, yeah. and we obviously had Arneson for a while who never really featured and, and was kind of quickly moved on. Um, but Stephen, I understand you've actually went for someone different at right back. So go and break the news to me. Who did you go for? Yeah, I opted for Mario Tichinovic at right back. Oh. Now the reason I so I, I probably struggled with this for a while because it was also between him and Bartolek. But the reason I went for Tichinovic was his last season. So I remember Tichinovic was unplayable for a while. Was very very good, and I think done it for a longer period of time than I've seen than I've seen Carlo do it. Which is why I went for for Tichinovic. I actually think they're quite similar um, as players, but um, Tichinovic is who I opted for. 
hold my hands up it wasn't actually a name that had come into my head to be honest but that's more about not thinking of him rather than uh, his, his own abilities what about you Michael anyone in the right back position other than those names mentioned that you considered no a, a bit similar to yourself I actually did um, at least go to the trouble kind of going back through previous squads and I, and I did notice Tichinovic's name but I think it was probably more that was more the early days for us and I probably had a much better knowledge and understanding of Carlo more than anything else to be honest so it wasn't a deliberate decision to to leave Mario out. Yeah. So that that, that completes the defence guys and that there's some similarities in there, especially probably between uh, Michael and myself. But if you just do a summary of uh, goalkeeper and back four. Yeah, so I went for Alex Ingles, Patrick Emptilia left back, uh centre half pairing of Nelson and Maxo with Tichinovic at right back. Opted for Alex and Goal, Mini at left back. Um, Andreas Maxo, Victor Nelson and uh, Carlo Bartelik. We wee bit disappointed I've struggled to include Patrick Himtaliga in there but it has to be done and obviously myself uh, cheating had Jesper Hansen, Andreas Maxo, Victor Nelson, Patrick Himtaliga with Carlo and Mini as the sort of wing backs into, into midfield if you like which brings us nicely onto the midfielders and I think uh, I've, I've obviously just got a, a central two with, with many and, and Carlos sort of flanking either side and I'll be honest with you, the guy who I really struggled with leaving out of this team is, is, is actually where I'm going to start. Um, he's one of the first players we <coughs> probably saw during our time following the club uh, it's Anders Christensen. I thought he was a, a, a great player. I've not really seen enough of him, I don't think, to sacrifice the two players who I did pick those players will probably be no surprise to anyone listening. I'd, I'd imagine both will probably feature in many people's squads, and that is Stanislav Lobotka and Matthias Jensen. Going to reiterate that in terms of two of the most important players in the team. I'm loving a midfield of having Stano and Matthias Jensen in there, especially Matthias Jensen of now, because um, obviously it was early days for Jensen when they were originally played together. But I felt like the, re- the reason I opted for these two not just as individuals but as a partnership is that these two towards their kind of last six months together was the real emergence of Matthias Jensen and Stano had a lot to do with that and I felt as if they complemented each other quite well and they dominated midfields in a way that I hadn't really seen prior to that. My only real debate is more around formation as, as well obviously I mentioned excluding AC but it was around formation. Stephen and I have covered it a lot that you feel as if there's an actual number six missing perhaps out of our midfield at times and I wouldn't say Stano or Jensen are known necessarily for uh, their defensive side whilst they're both capable of breaking up the play um, they're maybe not as, as defensive as, as someone you could have thrown in there Yeah, so I've I seen it less as those two as a partnership more a choice between the two so with the way I was wanting to play with two in the middle of the park, I seen that I needed one of them as eight. And for me, Labotka uh, just edged it for me. I just think he's. Let me just clarify this: no Matthias Jensen. No Matthias Jensen in my team. Even, even for the team photo. <laughs> maybe, maybe for the, the team photo, but no, no Matthias Jensen in my team. I seen it as a as a a choice between either Jensen or Labotka. Um, I think Labotka has done it at a higher level as has been proven and was outstanding for, for the time that I had seen him at the club I think if Jensen continues to to develop at the rate that he is then yeah he would make it into a team so um, if not Matthias Jensen then who, who, who's partner on Stano then? I put Nikolai Stockholm in um, as my number six now that was down to again one of the reasons that we'd spoke about was 
I feel as if you need someone in there to break up play and to do dirty work. Um, and I'm not convinced that Lobotka and Jensen together can do that. Interesting. It's again, it's it's not necessarily a name that I took into consideration. Not because of um, he's quite clearly a club legend, so it's not because I hadn't thought about him. I just couldn't really put him in my team. I think and again shout at me all you want but um, I think I probably only got about four months in Nikolai Stockholm that I can really remember as opposed to no months of, of the goalkeeper exactly as opposed to no months of Jesper Hansen I feel like a couple of really good games though I feel as if there's an outstanding moment of Jesper Hansen and I've already explained myself but with Stockholm he was obviously coming towards the end of his Northland career at that time and um, I've probably never really seen him at his best I think is what I'm trying to say Fair enough. I um, I've always having the midfield three. I I did opt for um, for AC in there. I do agree with what you're saying, Mark. I don't think we maybe seen a great deal of him, but in that time, I thought I, I saw enough about him to see what to see what a top player he was. Being totally honest, maybe a bit concerned about the balance in there having the three of them, um, Lobotka, Jensen, and AC. But I actually disagree. I I think Lobotka can do the dirty side of the game as well. So I'm maybe asking a bit more of him to do that. Not completely, but I think he can. And just to go back to Stanislav Lobotka, what I love about Lobotka is, is everything that you've seen from him. I, I've seen him do the dirty side. I agree he's got greater strengths than that, but we've watched him do that. The range of passing is unbelievable. You were talking about this about Matthias Jensen last week and it applies to Lobotka as well. Unbelievable awareness. He, he's that guy that creates the illusion of time on the ball. And you'll know that's been Scotland fans. Scotland played Slovakia one night. This, the Scottish commentators were waxing lyrical about this guy who'd been all over the pitch and beating players for fun. And I remember watching it going, not surprised that Lubotka was having a great game, but I hadn't seen that side of his game before at Nordsland and he was beating guys for pace, he was cutting inside. I thought, there's another strand to that guy's game that we didn't even know was there. I just think he's the complete footballer. Yeah, eyes in the back of his head, would take it in a phone box. He's a, he's a guy you want in your team. And obviously in that same campaign, Michael, he, he scored his first... Uh, Slovakia goal did it. in fact I think it was England. against Scotland England. not England it was England it, it was, was England. England it was at Wembley certainly yeah but I was just thinking there, did the Lobotka ever score for, for us? Oof. I don't remember it I, I remember when we were in Farham for the game against Silkeborg I remember he had two shots that were parried out and I think Marcondes puts one in or, or Donio puts another one in um, but I feel as if at that time thinking that that would have been Lobotka's first goal but I, I could be completely wrong there anyone who knows the answer to that one certainly feel free to correct me but yeah he, he was an absolute stick on for, for me and my team certainly the other thing for me and I understand why Stephen's leaving Jensen out as great as Lobotka is and um, I know it's been contradictory here just calling him the complete footballer I, I don't think he consistently has the the opening the door pass or the that bit of creativity all the time um, I think he's so important to your overall play whereas I, f- I feel like Matthias Jensen has that and will continue to grow with that I feel like he's the guy with a bit of magic that's going to open up a dull nil nil I, I know what you're saying but I, I would disagree slightly in the sense that for me Lobotka and we touched a bit on this from a, a statistical point of view to me Lobotka was the guy he was the assist of the assist guy he was the guy that played the ball for many to run on to for a Marcus Ingvarts and cutback goal that type of thing to me Lobotka was quite understated in that and, and, and led the team in terms of assists of the assist but I, I see what you're saying in terms of Jensen's the, the guy straight cut, cuts the defence open with one pass for the goal so by that logic he's not getting any big handsome and then Matthias is, is playing in one of the strikers 
Absolutely, we're, we're at quite a wide side. That, that I was using the example of width, but uh, fair enough. That leaves us with um, the strikers, then, guys. Stephen, you've you've sort of got a hybrid uh, three behind a one. Is that right? You kind of went for four, so, two, three, one. That seems maybe the natural place to look at your three. Yeah, so I probably I'll, I'll probably go with my width first. To be honest, um, when we look at that, so I struggled. The, the position I probably struggled in the most was left mid, um, or my left side. I debated a few people in there. I thought I actually thought about someone like Bruninho. Probably not going to get the defensive shift out of him down that side, eh? I probably not getting much out of him. Man. Just a wee point on Bruninho when you bring him up. I, I looked at Bruninho for my front three, and I was actually saying this to Mark the other day. I honestly believe that we did such a great bit of business selling Bruninho when we sold him. I I believe Bruninho was close to a 10 to 15 game run without a goal. I really do. I think it was a great bit of business for him, for the club. He served as well when he was here, but I'm not can. I think we saw the absolute best of Bruninho, and it was it wasn't going to be consistent. I think that's validated, Michael, by what he's done since, which is very little. He's went to China. I think, I think, I think China suits him. I think he seems like a guy that's going to go to China. Give me that dollar. <laughs> he does actually seem like that kind of player, and I think one of the issues I had with Bruninho watching him was just looking at him and just seeing him. I want to shoot. I want to shoot. I want just looking for a shot constantly. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that would fit in with the team that I was looking at. That precise point, Stephen, is the, is the reason I didn't include him in, in my, my team either. I felt as if he was a guy that, and he actually scored some wonder goals as a result of shooting on site, but there was a, numerous times I remember where he's, he's got a guy inside or he's got a pass on, but he never get the head up to look, make the pass. And I don't feel like that's what we're about. So I, I didn't include him in, in my side. So if you didn't pick Bruninho on your left, Stephen, who did you opt for in the end? I actually changed my mind in the course of this, right? But uh, I'd looked at Joshua John for a long time. Um, and the reason I'd looked at Joshua John was I had to overlook the last kind of four or five months of his time with us because is, I remember... Is that when he missed an open goal and robbed the FCN Glasgow boys of uh, their first victory? See, I'm not selfish like that. Right? <laughs> um, I think I think it's really easy to look at the bad parts Sorry, Josh. of uh, Joshua John's game. I think it's really easy to look at the bad parts. But it's because there's so many. See, there's this, there's this attitude that Joshua John isn't very good, right? Which isn't true. Hold on a minute. Very few people were more critical of Joshua John when we watched Nozland than you. That's because I liked him. <laughs> so, are you telling us you, you thought about him, but you didn't include I him? I didn't in end it? up including right, him. Right. Well, I'm more on side then. Sorry. So, but see, the thing is, I think, I think if you look, if you look at that position in, in, in the way that I was looking to play it, I think Joshua John probably makes the most sense. But I ended up looking at getting many in um, and the reason I looked at getting many in is because he's with Patrick Emtaliga down that side um, I think the best parts of many Minnie's games going forward I think it's really easy to include him in that team and once I look at what I've got up front it makes sense to have someone that will put the ball into the box and the only person that I could actually fit in that was going to get the ball into the box from the left hand side without shoehorning Ufi Beck in over there was right, you, so we'll shoehorn the full back in there the full back mate. But we won't shoehorn Beck no. in there. No, because I'll play Beck down the right hand side. See the point I would make about that, I am happy Minnie's in your team, I think he deserves I, I agree, I would agree with that. But I think what I would say is that it, it's never a it's never a thing I've always liked in football where an attacking fullback becomes you're a winger. Him, you're playing him a wing back? Yeah, as as a wing back, not I'm playing not, him as a left mid. I, th- I think I think there's a big difference in terms in of that he starts from deeper positions. 
as he's in his wing back position. So he, can, he can do that. And that, that's where they're most effective for me. And, and these offensive fullbacks, you quite often get it. You've seen it in Scotland, and I'll, I'll use my own team Rangers example, is that you had managers who would play a guy like Lee Wallace as, as a left mid with a more defensive nature fullback behind him and I think it takes away everything that's good about that offensive fullback's game when you do that I'm not saying that many like I say doesn't deserve to be in your team but it's just it's not a, a balance for me that, that I've always I've always so, favoured so there are no examples of that working well give me one then Gareth Bale in what sense he was a he left was back, a back he was a left back in the yeah place. I think Gareth Bale was always always a player that was Needed out, to out, move. out yeah. of position at left back I, I hadn't thought about it I just had a gut reaction of, of not liking Mini in there I'll be honest I couldn't really give you an explanation but when Mark's explained it a wee bit there I, I see his point and it, it's not something I'd ever looked at but it'd be interesting to look at how how often is Mini effective on the overlap how often is Mini effective getting knocked in behind maybe the fullback or the cover midfielder it'd be interesting to look at I'm not saying it couldn't work could work I, I, don't, I, I just think every, every other person that I looked at to play down the left hand side didn't offer me enough width, didn't offer me anything in the box, and I'm playing effectively a front two. Um, when we look at who I've got up there, uh, I need the ball going in the box, and I've, I'm not going to get the ball going in the box with Beck down the right hand side. So I need the ball going in the box, and the way I'll get that is with having many in there. So you mentioned it there. So right hand side um, of your midfield, Beck. Beck. Um, I think Uthabek would probably find himself in all of our teams if, I, if I'm Without not mistaken um, obviously I'm playing two in behind a, a central striker on the sort of right hand side of that two is Uthabek for me and that was primarily the reason I wanted Bartow and, and Mini as the, as the wing backs because the other man behind the striker probably come as no surprise to you either is Emiliano Marcondes and neither of them are necessarily going to pull into the channels in terms of width so that's, that's why I'm offering Mini and Bartow down those side I personally feel that Emiliano probably doesn't need an explanation as to why he's in my team. And Ufebeck, for me, obviously, was probably the first FCM player we fell in love with when we were over. I feel as if he's a little bit understated in terms of maybe a guy, they look at a guy and see that he offered a few goals for us towards the end of his career, got him his move. But lots of things I noticed the first year, myself and Michael, we went to Farham, was that he was the best player on the park by an absolute mile. And he doesn't get the credit for little things that he does in games. He looked to... For me, the only one with real genuine quality that day, and it's shown in his own equaliser at that time. We went on to lose the game, but he comes back to the right back position to get the ball and sprays a 50-yard diagonal ball to the left-hand side of the park, and then he's the one that gets on the end of the cross and buries it. And it, everyone looks at it in terms of, oh, if a Beck scored the goal, but he was brave enough to come yeah. back in the 89th minute and make things happen, and he's like a complete no-brainer from from my side certainly. Yep, I am, um, and I decided for opted for Rufa as well. Probably start him left on my front three, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be too rigid on my two guys either side of my main striker. I'd I'd let them kind of drift and swap as much as they wanted. Um, I think you've touched a lot on Beck's technical ability and his qualities, and you've kind of uh, like implicitly touched on the thing that I liked about. Uthabek is I always saw him as a bit of a kind of talisman of a, an important player I, I felt like a guy who when, when the chips were down he was a guy who would look to get on the ball he would look to try and make things happen and uh, I've, I just, I've always got a lot of time for players like that, maybe it didn't always happen for him every day but he was always brave and he was willing to take the flak for trying the hard thing or trying to make something happen I think, I think it would be fair to say when, when we first started watching as well, he, he carried us to a certain degree, in, ter- degree. in terms of uh, offensive contribution um, I think he was the, the, the guy you look to the, and he, he probably didn't play in the best of Northland teams do you think that's fair to say? In terms of what we've seen I would agree 
you would you'd argue probably the best teams we've seen are the teams since he's left, and that, that's why doing something like this is great because if you had a guy like Ufabek in the team yeah. alongside Stano, although he, he played with Stano briefly, uh, alongside Stano, alongside what we know of Matthias Jensen, just yeah. now a firing mini, he would thrive in that team certainly and probably add more goals to his game than than, than he had when he was during his time with us. Absolutely. Um, the only other debate I had, Stephen was talking about Joshua John. I had a wee debate um, about Emre Moore um, in terms of technical ability. Probably not seen many better players than Emre Moore Fair um, in our time. I, I'll be honest, I always had a massive issue with Emre Moore. I was never a fan and it was nothing to do with the guy's ability because he clearly had bags of it. I just always felt like the guy was there for himself. I felt that he was the type of player who if he scored two and got man in the match wouldn't be that bothered that we'd lost three two. And maybe I didn't even really meet the guy. He was there one of the days we were there, so I'm maybe being pretty harsh on him. But I never really felt like he was a chips or down player. I, I felt like he was he was there for his move, and it was apparent that he was there for his move. Yeah, and wait, well, actually, he got sent off the day we were there, wasn't he? Did, he did, yeah, for diving. And, and I think diving, and I'm not accusing him of diving. I can't actually remember seeing the incident on, on replay, but probably to your point, the reason that actually comes about is because he goes on a run where he tries to beat four or five players and he's probably fouled by the first two but he continues to keep his feet and then frustrated by that maybe he does go down a little bit easy but the last guy in the refuse is diving and he's probably got a pass on either side on a breakaway so I completely take your point on more whilst he'd he'd unbelievable ability he was was never a guy I really warmed to from a fan perspective like you say maybe a a kind of hint of selfishness so I I just don't think you had enough time to to make a decision on him so I think he was he played what 12, 12 games or something yeah, that, yeah like, that's true I, I think just trying to reinforce my point here but I mean it, Dortmund didn't give him much of a crack did they I mean it's, they certainly saw enough in the time that he was there to realise that it wasn't right yeah I've not followed him since but I think he's at Celta I think Rio he just now Celta, um, I, again can't comment on how he's doing I know Stano's lighting up there but I, I, I don't know about more so Stephen, you've got a front two. I'm, I'm willing to bet that uh, one of those is Emiliano Marcondes. Yeah, so he's part of essentially what is a front two. So uh, I want to get the best out of Marcondes that I can, and I think watching Marcondes across the past kind of three years, um, I think what I've learned about him is that he operates best as far forward as you can get him. I think if you look at the form he was in just before he left this season, it's I don't think there's anywhere else I would consider playing him if you're going to get that out of him. I think that's valid. Um, obviously, I, I played him in behind the essential striker, and my, my reason for that is I completely agree with you. I have to say he surprised me a little bit in how well he adopted to this essential striker role because I had always seen him as more of a natural number 10 in behind. But what a job he done this season. But I, I've opted him for this, a number 10 role, and it was because I felt he was equally as effective in that role when... Uh, do you remember the period where uh, Don Ewing, Watson and, and Marcondes yeah. were, were really, really strong and um, Marcondes obviously played kind of off the right of Ingvartsen with Don Ewing off the left at that side but I think it's no surprise that Marcondes is a clean sweep across all of our teams Yeah, I'm I'm nudging him to the right which I accept I'm, I'm maybe not getting everything out of him but he certainly played within that system of the three enough that you could see he still had quality there and still had plenty to offer. Well, I think you've got two offensive fullbacks as well, Michael, so yep. that probably helps you out a little bit there in terms of width. So, guys, that leaves us with our, our central strikers then. Um, I'll be interested to see whether we pick the same guy here. This one for me was probably one of my first picks. Um, this was quite an obvious choice for me. We obviously broke through as a youngster and in this time period in the team, we saw him for a good good 18 months, I would say, anyway. Um, it's Marcus Ingvartsen. 
finishing the Superliga top goalscorer with an, an unbelievable season and there's a couple of reasons outside of that for me is I felt his link up with Marcondes uh, was exceptional who obviously is in my team I mentioned how I felt as if they formed a partnership with Donio during Vartsen's last season in the club and also um, for that combination that we've seen many many times down the left hand side of many um, who seem to pick out Marcus and Vartsen every time he yep. get into the box for a cutback um, that's why it's good that he's playing left mid then <laughs> so he, you're, op- you're opting to use Ingvartsen then in a similar yeah, yeah. so I think, I think the big thing for me Marcus um, particularly with that last season was his ability to just make something out of absolutely nothing so a lot of the goals that he scored um, weren't down to anyone else um, it was just down to him deciding that, that a ball was his <coughs> or deciding that he was I remember he scored a goal from miles out at one point yep. Copenhagen at home I think uh, it was a crazy goal just without it? thinking just yeah. and, and I think he will link up really well with Marcondes and essentially Marcondes and my team will just be told to do whatever he likes from up here and move about and keep Marcus Moore as the spearhead the only person that I considered and that I wanted to try and fit into the team but probably um, just haven't seen enough of him probably didn't see the full player I suppose um, was, was Morton Nordstrand um, and it was just because by the time we'd started watching he was really winding down I think that's fair um, so I decided not to go for him and our guy who could create something out of nothing as, we, as we'd seen with his overhead kick very very similar to the discussions you were having there Marcus for me a relatively easy choice but similar to Stephen that's kind of the, the nostalgic bit of me would would love to include Morton Nordstrand or, or Davy as he is affectionately known as um, at FCN Glasgow but as you say we just it was the it was the tail end of the kind of Nordstrand era that, that we witnessed so yeah Marcus up there for me and just what Stephen said Scored all types of goals, and I, I know there was a song from the Tigers about Marcus Tappet in, and th- which was relevant. He scored plenty of those, but just all types of goals. And what I always loved about Marcus was he wanted to score. You could you could see him going off the pitch on days where he hadn't scored, angry, but was always still team first. Would play the square pass most of the time if it needed to be played, and just just scored in big moments for us. The only other person I debated. Not necessarily because he's any better than these guys, but just because he would give me something different was was Ernest Asante, to be honest. I think there's maybe technically better players um, that you could consider, but I just think his pace hurts anyone. And for that, I gave him some some consideration, but couldn't couldn't drop. It would have been Emiliano or Ufa who would be going, and I couldn't really justify losing either of them. I I don't think you can displace any of those two, Michael. I appreciate Asante's contribution, but I think over the two you you have picked, I I, I would find it hard to drop either of the two of them, so I understand where you're coming from. So that brings us, obviously, we've picked our 11 players. Um, Again, just for a listener's benefit, we've done a lot of discussion. There's probably a lot of accents clashing that you, you can't quite work out who's picking who, so I have went for... Jesper Hansen in goals. I have a back three of Victor Nelson, Andres Maxo, and Patrick Emtaliga. My wing backs are Carlo Bartelik and Manny Pedersen, and in midfield two of Stanley Botka, Matthias Jensen, with Emiliano Marcondes and Ufebeck in behind Marcus Invartsen. Lots of goals in that team. Yes, I went for Alex in goals, uh, back four of Mario Tichinovic, Andres Maxo, Victor Nelson, and Patrick Emtaliga. Probably a f- more of a flat four, to be honest, of many. Pedersen at down the left, and Nikolai Stockholm. Stanislav Lobotka and uh, Uffe Beck. Um, and then I had almost a front two of uh, Marcus Infartsen and Milano Marcondes. I opted for Alex in goal, 
Minnie at left back and the back four with Maxo, Nelson and Bartolik. Kind of central three in the middle of the park of Jensen, Lobotka and AC. Um, up top, Ufa Beck, Miliano Marcondes and Marcus Inversen. Stephen, you mentioned that there was a bit of a debate over the captain's armband. I can see an immediate candidate there that you would, which, which had you swithering over whether it was Patrick Imtaliga or not. Presumably your debate as to whether you give it to Imtaliga or probably the more obvious candidate, Nikolai Stockholm. Yeah, it'd be Stockholm, I think, that, that would get it in the end. Um, just in terms of my captain, maybe a wee controversial choice here. And you can have a different type of captain. Um, I'd like Stano. I'd give Stano the armband and let him lead in there by how he dictates play and how he approaches the game. Guys, we'll be posting these teams online on Facebook and on our Twitter page and we'd encourage you to get involved and do the same. I think particularly for our interest is looking back prior to that 2014 period, um, there's a lot of names that we obviously know through the, the league winning side or even looking at the Hall of Fame board, things like that. But like I said at the start of the episode, we don't feel as if we could include um, some of those guys. So it'll be interesting to see who you include in your, your own particular teams how many guys feature out with the, the guys we've picked, or whether you'll pick very similar teams to yourself. So the best way to do this, guys, is probably um, post your team in response to our uh, Facebook post or tweet us um, using the hashtag FCN11. As always, guys, you can find us across all social platforms on Facebook at FCN Glasgow, and individually you can find myself on Twitter at Collins underscore 876. Uh, you can find me at Solshire13. You can find me at MichaelOD07. And guys, all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening as always. We really appreciate your feedback on this. We'd like to see as many teams as we can. The intention is to see who is voted for the most, perhaps create a sort of fan 11 most voted for, and then hopefully take it from there. Guys, thanks for listening. And as always, we are FC Norseland.